Welcome to episode 36. Holy shit, episode 36. (laughs) We've got 36 episodes? Where has the time gone? You're listening to Midwest Vegan Radio. We're sharing all our secrets. We're sharing all of our secrets just for you special listeners. With your hosts, Dallas. That sounds so good. And Ryan. Pass the noosh. Hey. Do we do this? I don't know, it's been so long. (laughs) Is this where the microphone should be? That's where you were 10 seconds ago before you moved. Did I move? You remember when I adjusted it just for where your mouth was? Is this better? That's better. (laughs) Oh, God. Or you can can just swivel it, too. Keep me in line, Elliot. We're a little rusty, guys. Yeah, sorry about that. Is that good? Out of practice. Yeah, that's nice. Okay, so great. Oh. (sighs) All right, here we are. Let's do it. Who are you? I'm Ryan. I'm Dallas. What up, Elliot? Hello. (laughs) Got him mic'd again. I got my own mic today. Yeah, it's awesome. So, all right, what do we got? One of the things that has come up on our Facebook page recently, which if you don't follow our Facebook page... Why? Yeah, get on that because all kinds of things happen there that don't happen on the show. Don't you want to know what we're talking about? Yeah, all the time. So uh, veganism and eating disorders. Now, be responsible when you're listening to this and, you know, be take good care of yourself if it's going to be hard for you oh, or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, if it's triggering. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think that we're going to get into anything too crazy about it, but, you know, it's an emotional topic and um, it's very personal and it can be it can be hard for some folks so but so i guess take care if you trigger easy just be responsible keep your thumb on the pause button we are not responsible for your actions yeah so in any event i guess one of the things that um i am pretty outspoken about and a lot of people are not outspoken about it or are out is that um i live with anorexia and I'm very healthy right now, thank goodness. I'm doing great. Usually. What that means is, well, right now I'm very healthy. I'm doing really well with it. Um, but it's something that I manage and will manage for the rest of my life, I expect. Um, I made the mistake of thinking that I was all done with it at one point, And mm. then it came back. Um, but it, I had totally different symptoms. It, so I didn't, know, I didn't get hmm. that I was really sick because they didn't look like it had looked before. Which is another thing about eating disorders is that they are they vary quite a bit. So anyway, I was really sick the second uh, second time that I was ill, and I went into treatment. And um, so we have a marvelous program locally called the Emily Program, and I think that they're nationally known. And they've I don't know. It feels like I see a billboard or a bus ad for mm-hmm. them all over sixteen times a day, which is kind of sad because that means that there's a lot of people out there who struggle with eating disorders. Um, they're very very common. But so anyway, mine is um, anorexia and there's a component of obsessive or like over-exercising portion in there too. Mm -hmm. And so um, when I went to treatment, you know, when they do intake, they talk to you and they try to determine, you know, kind of where you are and what what your symptoms are and how you're, you know, abusing food or your body or whatever. And so my veganism... They were, they were treating my veganism as if it were a symptom of an eating disorder because they saw it as nothing but like a socially acceptable way to restrict. Yep. I had to work really, really hard to convince them that actually who I am is vegan 
and that is not going away. And it was established, you know, I've been vegan when I'm healthy. I've been vegan when I'm sick, but that is not, that's not up for debate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I, we have to figure out how to create a treatment plan where I will be vegan. Um, and at that time, I don't know, maybe that was 2005, 2006, I'm guessing. I'm not really sure. But at that time, really what would have been best for me is if I was in like uh, an intensive outpatient program where I'm doing a lot of group therapy and kind of there a lot, eating meals with other people and stuff. But that wasn't going to work for me because they couldn't have a special meal for one person because that would be a nightmare in an eating disorder group. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, that would be terrible. And also it was kind of hard because when I would go to group therapy things and people, you know, and we'd talk and something about my food came up, it was like really discouraged. I wasn't supposed to talk about veganism for ethical reasons or anything um, there because they had this whole kind of policy within the program of no bad foods, like no foods are bad foods, which I can get, you know, I understand that, you know, like coconut milk is a scary thing for me. Um, For example, you know, they just never wanted me to kind of talk about that, which really was hard for me because I felt like, you know, obviously I had sympathy for these people who are suffering so much. And at the same time, veganism is a, for most people, if it's, I don't know, done well, and maybe you can speak to this, it's a, it's actually a healthful step or a way for them to feel more connected to their own bodies and their own, mm-hmm. who they are and feel like they have more control over like what kind of force they are in the world. Well, I think that definitely we've mentioned this in the show previously that vegetarian doesn't, if you're vegetarian for ethical reasons, that's not really honoring your values. It's not really Mm -hmm. going where you're trying to get. And so when you do go vegan, especially if you go whole foods, plant-based vegan and not scotch and jelly beans vegan, then you feel so much better I remember when we met, it was weird to watch you eat. It was weird for someone that doesn't have an eating disorder and didn't really know anybody with an eating disorder. Oh, really? Yeah. Why? Because you wouldn't, you couldn't share food. Oh yeah, no. And I can't go to buffets. No. But that was not something I'm used to. And it is curious, the number of people with eating disorders in our community. Yeah. At least that we're friends with. Yeah, and maybe that, maybe... Because of all of the billboards and stuff, I think I think there is a high percentage of people who have them. But I also think, well, one of the things with anorexia anyway, is that people who deal with anorexia tend to be extraordinarily um, sensitive. People who have anorexia are kind of folks who really strive perfection or to do as well as they can. They tend to be really generous, kind of giving altruistic people. Yeah. It's, you know, that that was pointed out to me by some of my therapists that, you know, I have a lot of the traits that a lot of anorexics have. People with anorexia, excuse me. Well, when... (laughs) Let's put, just like with animals, farmed animals, not farm animals, it's people who live with anorexia, not anorexics. It's like, let's not define someone by what's done to them or what they live with. Because God forbid we get an angry email about that. Yeah. (laughs) I think in Killing Us Softly, Gene Kilborn's documentary about, and I don't remember, this is Killing Us Softly 3, so that was the third version of her same documentary. I'm sure there's a fourth version now, or maybe a 17th version, and this was when I was in college, so we're talking about early 2000s, late 90s. 
that one in ten women lived with an eating disorder. But if you look at our diet-obsessed culture and you look at it more like disordered eating, Mm -hmm. it's more like one in three people. Or maybe it's one in five and then it's more like one in three have disordered eating in some way. It's hard to even tell what is quote-unquote healthful at this point. You know, I mean, now there's there's been debate about whether or not there can be an eating disorder. They're trying to make people who will only eat organic. I don't know. They're trying to make people who are really quote unquote health conscious into like people who don't want to eat high fructose corn syrup or artificial coloring or those kinds of things. Folks who who only want to eat natural foods have now been accused of having some kind of specialized eating disorder, which I think is really interesting. It's like if I don't want to put chemicals, you know, like use yeah. soap with chemicals in it, that I have some kind of disorder or I am ill in my brain <laughs> because I don't want to subject myself to things that I know to be harmful. Yeah. But just because that's the social norm, people think like, what the hell? Which is kind of why um, I... Yes. I think that's actually maybe part of what the article that was published that brought up this episode was saying almost is that because veganism is becoming so normal that more and more people with eating disorders are hiding behind it maybe and i can see that yes just because it's a normal thing to i mean well well for for some people for people that live where we do and it's easy to be vegan it's a normal thing right which kind of brings up to me i mean this brings up another topic which is about some issues that another thing that we talked about on the facebook page a little bit and i don't know if we've talked about here on the show yet but we've had conversations about like people who go vegan for quote unquote the right reasons or the wrong reasons Mm -hmm. and like what and and the best ways to this is a really old argument within uh, vegan advocacy what are the best ways to talk about veganism to people and you know is it best to talk about animal issues environmental issues health issues and it used to be that the three-pronged approach which is including all three of those things was encouraged and then there was a movement you know kind of it started to splinter a little bit where there are some people who say no we should really be focusing on the animals it's the most compelling thing Um, it's constant you know people will cheat on their health they cheat on diets and things like that all the time. Yep. But you I mean you always are going to be accountable to who whoever is on your plate or you know was injured in order to have something on your plate or in your cup or whatever. And then there are people who are like, well, we need to really appeal to to people, you know, people's vanity or whatever. You know, people will pay more attention if they get something out of it because that's our culture. Kind of um, like Kathy Freston diet vegan diet approach. Yes. Um, although I do like Kathy Preston. Mm-hmm. She talks about, she alludes to things about animals in her books. And I think that that's really good. It's kind of consistent. I guess I just, I do not like the the approach of saying, you know, go vegan. It's good for your health. Because to me, that's like, you may as well say, eat plants. It's good for your health. Veganism right. is more, it's way more than just what you eat. It's who you are. It's what your values are. Mm-hmm. And it should be that. And that is actually in the definition of veganism from Donald Watson in the 40s is yep. we are aiming to do the least possible harm. As far as so, possible and practical. As far as is possible and practical and always that line and trying to figure out where that line is is the thing that we'll struggle with and you know <laughs> wrestle with till Forever we die. But that's what veganism is. It is not – it's not a diet. It's right. not an Atkins or the zone or 
South Beach or whatever. It's not vegan is not one of those. Vegan is values. And we express those values in by you know, through our actions. And if our actions are choosing to abstain from participating in activity that encourages violence or, you know, perpetuates violence, that's that's what it is. And it just so happens that a lot of that is food related. Mm-hmm. There's my little soapbox rant. <laughs> At that same time, I do feel we do know a lot of people who struggle with eating disorders and veganism has kind of shown up and back and forth with that. I've been told like, oh, I went vegan for the wrong reasons. Mm. And that's why I'm not anymore. I don't I struggle with that because, of course, I have sympathy and empathy for people who struggle with eating disorders in particular, obviously, but a lot of compassion for that. And at the same time. I just wish that fewer people kind of related to animal products as food. Like, I don't even think of it as food. Right. And I just think of it as, you know, flesh from someone who didn't want to die or things that were stolen from someone who didn't want to give them. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't really think of that as food. I think we're just caught in a weird kind of time. Yeah, definitely. It was a very curious article. I don't, I mean, this is you. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't, by the way, disordered eating, but not treatment worthy disordered eating well i mean you guys all know what i eat which is horrible and for kim it's horrible (laughs) one of the things that i do want to point out because people wonder like where is that line with eating disorders one of the things that eating disorder advocates um people who really focus in this area are trying to change is the actual definition for anorexia anorexia Currently, there, you know, I would not qualify as somebody who lives with anorexia because of my body weight being at a healthy place. Um, you have to have hit, you know, a certain percentage of BMI, which is body mass index, mm-hmm. be to a certain point of emaciation before you can clinically be considered to have anorexia, which is really, ho- it's sick because it's almost like, well, you have to get so sick and so damaged before you are eligible through the insurance system to get help. Mm. So it's the the early intervention is not built in there, which makes it all that much harder to get yourself out of it because you're that much more crazy Um, (laughs) when, (laughs) which literally is what happens. Like when you don't have enough calories and you don't have enough fat, your brain cannot function adequately your fat your your brain needs fat in order to think clearly fat in the um, form of coconut yeah. coconut milk <laughs> <laughs> or whatever <laughs> um but so there is that the other so if you are wondering you know well could i have an eating disorder i guess chances the, are you do well not necessarily <laughs> but one of the things that i guess i would recommend or the way that i would say you should check in with yourself about that is How preoccupied are you with food, intake, calories, body, appearance, clothing size? You know, I mean, all of all of those kinds of things. Do you know a woman that's not? Well, that's the thing is that a lot of people are concerned about those things. It's the level of preoccupation. Like if, if you are preoccupied with those thoughts to the point where you cannot function healthfully, you know, I mean, there's a difference between feeling bad about your, you know, like, oh, it's swimsuit season coming up and I feel like I don't look like those models. That doesn't mean that you are obsessing over it. And it's getting to the point where you can't have relationships with other people and you're struggling to 
focus at the work and all those kinds of things. So, you know, and I, I'm not a clinician, so this is just what I'm putting out there from my own experience. Dr. Dallas. No, 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 no. I guess that's, that is how I kind of monitor my own stuff is looking at, well, how preoccupied am I with this stuff? You know, like what, what is the degree of my anxiety around it and how frequently are those thoughts coming up? And if they're coming up more frequent, you know, coming up frequently, then I got to do something about it. The other thing too, is that that's nice because those thoughts are the constant, the actions, you know, the way that you act on them might change. So I thought that I wasn't sick the second time around because I was eating every day. Yeah. And I was eating three meals a day, even though those meals were very meager and not nearly enough for the amount of exercise that I was doing and all of those kinds of things. So, um, but because I was eating, I thought, I don't have an eating disorder because I'm not starving myself. You know, I'm not skipping meals. I'm just eating quote unquote healthy. So should we talk about rape? Oh, what a fun episode. I love this. Yes. <laughs> Let's go right from eating disorders to rape. Then we can talk about child molestation oh, a little bit because that that's also one of my favorite topics. Gay bashing? Oh, yeah. Hate crimes. Mm-hmm. Specifically. Let's do it. It's great. The Holocaust. Slavery. Yeah. Anything else? Cutting? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Incest. Let's just do it all. No. <laughs> Let's keep it just to rape. Okay. And eating disorders for today. Now, should we keep it to rape without guns? Oh. Or knives? Should we keep it to rape like that? Should we keep it to date rape? Acquaintance rape? Mm-hmm. Um, back alley rape? Let's do it. Full disclosure, Dallas, have you been raped? Yes. Okay. How about you? Yep. Elliot? Uh, no. <laughs> All right. So Not two yet. out of three. Yeah. Not yet. Oh, my two God, Elliot. Elliot, Elliot, Elliot. Oh. <laughs> well, I can teach you get... some self-defense if you need. He still yeah, hasn't please. been arrested for um, our Will Potter episode. Oh. Yeah, I've never been in jail. So th- it could happen. Hmm? Yes. It could still happen. I've never been arrested either. Never say never. I know. So, okay, um, we got a lot of response to the episode about vegetarianism versus veganism for a bunch of different reasons. But I guess there are two things that I want to say about that. One, it is okay if you guys disagree with us. It sure is. That's fine. You're totally entitled to your own opinion. We are entitled to share ours on our radio show. And there are amazing podcasts in existence, currently still being recorded, I think, like Colleen Patrick Goudreau, all fucking amazing. I don't think she talks a whole lot about rape on her show. Probably not. So if you're not, if you don't dig that, <laughs> you know, like apparently we do. If you don't want to be offended by things that we say, boy, did you pick the wrong show to listen to. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Because that is, it's a what you see is what you get kind of thing. I mean, we're seriously, and we don't have all the answers either, by the way. I mean, right. we do think about things before we spew them. Some, I mean, well, important I things. Well, I don't. Imp- I don't. Dallas totally does. Dallas, you overthink about what you say. I underthink about what I say. So it evens out. Kind of. Okay. But yes, before we come on and have an episode where we tell people that we don't think that it's helpful 
to encourage people to go vegetarian when like every quote unquote veg starter kit says vegetarian on it instead of vegan, even though it's really vegan inside. That's not a really popular stance, I think. So we we would think about that a little bit before we came out and talked about that. And And it's okay. It's totally fine if you disagree. Not only that, but you've been vegan, what, 15, 16 years? Mm -hmm. I've been vegan three years. We've been friends two of those years. We've had discussions about this. We have thought this fucking through to death. (laughs) And we'll continue to think this through and evolve our feelings and opinions about it and tactics and things like that and grow as people to fucking death. Because this is all we do. It's all we talk about. (laughs) Aren't we a barrel of laughs? So if you think... (laughs) Now, we love discussion. We love it. Yep. But if you think for one second you're going to hit us with the silver bullet that we have not thought of or not considered, and, oh my gosh, you said the most brilliant thing on the planet that a 16-year vegan has not heard of? Well... Who I admire very much, by the way, Dallas. Oh, thanks. But, no, I mean, I learn. I learn from people. Absolutely. I learn new things all the time. Um, like and- about bear bile. <laughs> yeah. Or even, you know, like read, we both rave about Jed Gillen's book, mm-hmm. Obligate Carnivore. And because, knows? you know, and I'm like, wow, I have read dozens and dozens of books about veganism. That book made me think about veganism in a new way that I hadn't thought of before. It gave me new ideas for, you know, how mm-hmm. to present this case. Right. So awesome. I love, we love to hear ideas. If something is very uh, controversial, like, it's okay if you don't agree with us. That's all right, I guess. If you have suggestions or something for like, hey, have you guys thought about it this way? I get, We welcome that, sure. Yeah. But please don't just kind of send us a bunch of stuff telling us how wrong and awful we are for having shared our opinion on our own show. <laughs> because we'll just laugh about you behind your back. Well, <laughs> I don't know. I just, it's just kind of, I don't know. It's curious. It's the pitfalls of having a radio show, I suppose. Yeah, I kind of I'm I'm struggling with even the right word for that. It's like, well, it's kind of I- arrogant, arrogant yeah. childish, rude. Yeah, I don't know, just kind of misguided or delusional. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not really sure what it is, but I and you know what? There are in the absence of Colleen recording as regularly as she used to, and where the hell did vegan freaks go? There's room for vegan podcasts. Mm-hmm. You can start one. We do not own the market on vegan podcasts, and we do not own the market on perspective. You can have your own vegan podcast because everybody is affected by something different and yeah. gets to things in a different way. And there are a lot of people, I'm sure, for whom we don't do it for them. Yeah. Because we're kind of a pain in the ass. Well, i only speaking for myself and Elliot, but total pain in the asses. Usually drunk, and there's a lot of podcasts where they're not drunk when they're recording. <laughs> oh, God. And you can listen to them. So, in any event. And if you are a regular listener and you're wondering what the heck we're talking about, exactly. <laughs> That's the point. Exactly. What on earth did we say? Exactly. Go listen. Exactly. If, Go listen. And it, you know what? If you didn't catch it, That's then... the other thing, too, is that I kind of like it. Like, okay, if we say things that piss people off or get them upset in some way, it's like, well, then we've got a reaction. So we must be doing something meaningful. 
So should instead, we... I don't want to be bland. I guess let's just say that it'd be. We obviously have a lot of people who love what we have to say mm-hmm. and think it's great, and that's awesome. We love to hear that. Yay! It we makes have more us feel good. That we can keep up with right now. Yeah, we can't even share all the shoutouts, which is really cool. You know, and it's and it's actually okay. Like I'm, I that's all. That's all I have to say. I'm kind of ready to let it go. My recap of it is: don't assume for one second that two rape survivors can't make any analogy they want about rape. And, oh, also, this, I think, is possibly overlooked when, I don't want to say people aren't as vegan as Dallas, but I don't really know anybody as vegan as Dallas, myself included. What does that even mean? I totally empathize. I wouldn't be vegan if I didn't. But when I think of, like, the industry term being rape rack, I imagine a cow and a guy with some semen and his glove and artificial insemination. The industry term being a rape rack. And I suspect that in your mind, you're not thinking about the vision of that. You're thinking about what that being is experiencing. Yes. I'm not thinking about that. Okay. I'm just thinking like this is this, like I have a logical picture of the chain of events happening. And you are thinking and imagining what a cow feels like to be raped. Yeah. I am thinking... Standing there, immobile, unable to move, having somebody shove something into my body without my consent, you know, then having to live with a pregnancy that I have no control over in an environment I have no control over, you know, eventually only to have that baby taken from me. Okay. Thanks it's for defending me like that. But, so much. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah. But I think that that's a good point. You know, I mean, that is a really good point because one of the things that we got was that essentially like it it isn't okay to talk about or compare the experience that human women have to the experience that non-human females have regarding rape, I guess. And to me, I don't agree with that. You know, that's every, somebody's, you know, they're up titled to your own opinion, but I don't agree with that because to me, that's violence. Violence is violence. No matter who it happens to or when it happens or whether that, you know, somebody is owned by someone else or which century it happens in or anything like that individual is in pain and that isn't okay. Like that's not justifiable. So it does, you know, it just, there's, there really isn't much of a difference to me. And I, and I feel like, I don't, I don't know, I'm not going to fling accusations or anything. I guess I'm just going to say like, I, I, think it's entirely appropriate to to use that and especially I guess given my own history my own experience um you know granted I can't honestly know what anybody's experience is anybody who isn't me because we can't know that I'm getting into philosophy and stuff here but I can certainly empathize because I have my own experience to draw on and I feel like that gives me some standing of authority in that area Honestly, which is, you know, why I often am tempted to use child molestation as an example, you know, or an an analogy in some way. But I don't often do that because I wasn't molested as a child. So I don't actually know what that might feel like and what the impact of that might be like. Mm -hmm. I am Jewish, so I have no problem with talking about the Holocaust because... Mm -hmm. Had I been born in that time just for being born with Jewish blood, 
in the wrong place at the wrong time, I could have been killed. You know, that's mm-hmm. just and likely would have been. So, um, you know, I don't have a problem with that. But I think it's like our own experiences and um, our own credentials give us the authority to be able to speak about those issues. That's how I see it. I, not only that, but, you know, I can't tell you how many times that I've heard a comedian I really, really, really like make an anti-vegan joke. It is what it is. I still like them. I still think they're funny. And usually I'm and usually they're making fun of the same vegans that I would make fun of that are I, I don't know, we all have different kinds of quote unquote kinds of vegans that irritate us, I'm sure. You know, it's okay. And if it bothered me, I would not listen to them anymore. Yeah, I feel like it's not even so much the the actual person, but kind of like the way that they the idea that they feel that um, we all need to adopt their approach. Mm-hmm. And I think diversity is important. Um, it's it's kind of, I mean, I, I do get really pissed off when, for example, people demonize the Animal Liberation Front, because you know, saying that, oh, the ALF is violent and, you know, they're not really part of our movement because the values of the Animal Liberation Movement does not, you know, do not include violence or, or something like that. And it's like, how do you decide what the values are for an entire movement made of a, of a ton of different individual people. Of which you how are do you, not one. Yeah. How, how come you get to decide that property destruction counts as violence when said property... To save lives. Yeah, when said property is actually causing quite a lot of actual violence to actual living creatures <laughs> who feel pain as opposed to inanimate objects. Midwest but I understand. Radio does not endorse the actions of the Animal Liberation Front. Thank you. Ryan's good at that. <laughs> or not not endorse. Or not not endorse. Yeah, we're just kind of talking here. For example, in As the World Burns by Derek Jensen, there's the guy who sits in the in the forest as everything is burning around him, and he's got his little beatnik beard, and he's sitting there meditating on peace, because um, that's how he's going to save the world, mm-hmm. is by like emanating good good vibes. And I just, it cracked me up, and it made me want to cry. Because, you know, awesome for him. Cool. However, I do not believe that. You know, it's like the the whole idea of pacifism. There's a lot of vegans, even friends of mine, who I think are awesome, identify as pacifists. No way in hell. You know, like a pacifist is somebody who will not fight back because they don't believe in quote unquote violence, not even to defend themselves. One deranged guy with a knife could kill an entire city as pacifists. Mm-hmm. You know, within a couple days, because everybody would just sit around oming, <laughs> oh. oming or something to try, you know, or like throwing peace vibes at this mad person. And I don't believe that that's helpful. So, but that doesn't mean that I don't, you know, they have every right to do that if they want to do that. And that's not how I'm going to go about it. Does that make sense? Anyway, there's our little soapbox, blah, blah, blah. Can we move on? Yes. Product review. Product review. We're going to do a product review. Yeah. <laughs> product reviews? Yes. Is that the order? Yes. Okay. It's, it's been, been so long. long. Okay. Product review. Product review. I love that little jingle. Me too. I'm so proud of it. Okay. <laughs> so, um. We have nobody to, but Elliot to thank for that. <laughs> and yourselves. Well. 
Yeah, we're trying to give you some credit. Just take oh, it, okay? Oh, thank you. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about Peaceable Kingdom. Okay. The new one. The Peaceable Kingdom that is new. Peaceable Kingdom is a documentary put out by Tribe of Heart, which, I don't know, Tribe of Heart Productions or something? Is that a label? What are they called? Production company? Elliot, you're the film guy. Yeah, that works. What is? What are they? I, uh, probably a production company. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm not familiar with them, but that sounds. They're the ones who did Tribe of Heart. I'm kind of imagining. They did Tribe of Heart. Like if you, I'm sorry, that did Peaceful Kingdom. It's like Paramount or MGM right. or, or Tribe of Heart. Tribe of Heart. Yes. So what is that? A production company? Yeah, or distribution well, company. Yeah. yeah. Label. Okay. Label, sure. Because usually there's 15 things. Like who is the comedian where you like? Okay, the movie's starting, and then they have like 15 more. Things of like a Divini film or whatever. Right. Like, is that how you say your last name? It is. You got it. I did it right. Yeah. Um, okay, so Tribe of Heart did this new documentary. Which In association is... with? <laughs> no? Okay. With um, vegans. They did this new documentary, which is like a remake of an old documentary that they had done by the same name, which is a little confusing. So if you think you've already seen Peaceable Kingdom and you think saw it... Again. <laughs> think again. Coming out this summer. I actually don't know when it's coming out. When is it coming out? It's out. Oh, it is? It is out, I yeah. thought we saw an advanced one. We did, but that was a while ago. Oh. <laughs> it's out. <laughs> so um, it is out, and um, it's called Peaceable Kingdom, The Journey Home. And um, Jenny Smith like and... Milo and Otis. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't interrupted you in so long, Dallas. <laughs> I have to get all my interrupting in at one time. Yeah. So um, James Levesque and Jenny Smith are, I don't know, like one's the director, one's the producer, I'm sure. Um, And they did this film. Essentially, they had put together one that was very popular quite a while ago called Peaceable Kingdom also. But they uh, it, it heavily featured Farm Sanctuary. And... After Farm Sanctuary kind of went in a direction that Tribe of Heart did not agree with, they didn't feel comfortable um, having, you know, promoting a film that emphasized Farm Sanctuary to such a degree. Because obviously that's where people would go for more information and then they would find information that was not in line with what James and Jenny felt was appropriate. Um, They are abolitionists. Farm Sanctuary is a reformist organization. And so... They started over, which, Elliot, can you tell us a little bit about how you would feel remaking a movie that you had just made? Uh, it's bad. <laughs> it's bad. Remember that time when we had Jason Vilek on the show? And yeah. then we had to re-record the whole thing? Yes, I do. <gasps> which is just a tiny bit because... We know what that feels like. Yeah. I mean, they had already done the whole deal. They had already made it. It had been put out. They'd done yeah. film festivals. They had shown it, you know, in theaters across the nation. They did the marketing they had piece go- Elliot they, Loves. Yep. Yes. They had gone and done speaking engagements and conferences and the whole shebang. And then they had to go through... Not making it available and telling people that they were redoing it and re-fundraising and re-filming. I mean, I, I feel like they probably only recycled maybe 10% of the footage. It was not much. I mean, this is a brand new movie. Brand new. And it's awesome. Yeah. I felt like it was. I mean, I, so for those of you who 
did not see the previous one, please just don't see it. Well, I yeah, don't <laughs> don't see it because I mean that's not what the well film people want. I suppose. I mean, I guess that's the only reason that I would say don't see it is like because they they clearly don't believe in it anymore. However. You know, I feel like this one was much more positive. It was super positive. Really positive, which makes it easier to show to mainstream audiences, Mm -hmm. I feel like. I was shocked because one of the things that, um, for example, this is the thing that threw me the most. In the old one, they had illustrated, taken some time to illustrate bonding between mothers and babies. And the way that they did that was through footage of veal calves being taken from their mothers, you know, the mothers grieving, the babies, you know, being pushed and prodded and put down chutes and tied up and all alone. Just broke my heart every time, made me want to weep for days, and also made me want to get up off the couch and go do something, like, immediately to stop it. But the new one... They were able to invoke the same... They've made the same point. Still made me weep. You know, like, teary. Oh, I cried through the whole stupid movie. (laughs) Still made me teary. But it was a reuniting of mothers and babies instead of a taking away. So you've still got that these animals have bonds. And you've still got that, you know, they, they deeply care for one another and want nothing more than to protect their babies and stay with them and, you know, be moms. not a stupid movie. I just don't exactly love being moved to tears over and over and over again for an hour and a half in front of my peers. Ryan, do you give them permission to use your quote on the cover of the DVD? I cried for the whole stupid movie. Yes, I think yes. that would really sell it well in certain markets. <laughs> I cried through the whole stupid movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hopefully, uh, yeah. James and Jenny are loving this review. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that that was really good. The, you know, I think the other thing too that I really liked about it is that they focused a lot on people who had come such a long way themselves. These are people oh, yeah. who, you know, had been farmers. People who had treated animals as commodities had actually slaughtered them, had actually put them in the hands of others who were going to take them and kill them. People who had to face up to, you know, they had to take responsibility on a level that most of us never will Mm -hmm. for um, the amount of violence that they've caused, you know, or been so directly, directly involved with. Maybe not caused, because everybody, I mean, we just don't, we don't have a way of connecting with it nearly as much because we don't see these animals alive. Right. You know, the, by the time they get to us, they're long dead. So um, these are people who actually kind of had to wrestle with the fact that they they had to be... They had a hand in it. They had a direct hand in it when these animals were still alive, which kind of brings a different weight to their participation, I feel. Mm-hmm. And so then having them share their stories and how they came out of that... Um, and how they turned it around and how what an impact that ha- that had on their lives was really powerful, I thought. So in any event, if you want to go check it out, which I highly recommend, it is available on DVD now. Um, you go to peaceablekingdomfilm.org. Again, that's peaceablekingdomfilm.org. And um, let's see, it has won a ton of awards too. We've got Best Feature Documentary at Moondance, Audience Award at Berkshire International, 
Grand Jury Prize, which sounds kind of... What does that even mean, Elliot? Is it, that's not Sundance, is it? That's Can, uh, Canada International. Oh, okay. What's a Grand Jury Prize anyway? I have no idea. It sounds kind of scary. Sounds good, though. <sighs> grand juries are bad. <laughs> um, Audience Award at the Environmental Film Festival and Best Feature Documentary Peace on Earth Film Festival. What award is your film going to win, Elliot? None. I'm going to watch it tonight. Grand Jury Award. Hopefully you don't cry through my whole stupid movie. Like you did this <laughs> but if I do cry through your whole stupid movie, will you put that on the cover? I will, absolutely. Okay. It's a horror movie though, right? Yes. Sort of? Yes. Okay, so I probably will cry through the whole stupid okay, movie. Okay, good. So if you want to do this, they also did The Witness, by the way, which I I think is a really good one too. Um, but... They have a special offer right now, two, v- two DVD set. It's Peaceable Kingdom and The Witness for 25 bucks, um, which is pretty awesome. And let me see. I'm looking for just Peaceable Kingdom. Oh, $20. $20. That's not bad. And actually, the film is designed for you to have um, small showings with you know small groups of people in your home and then talk about it afterward. And I think it would be really good for that, mm-hmm. honestly. We did that very thing. Yeah, which we did. So, although, yeah, they they were generous enough to send me an advanced screening copy, and I was like, hey, guys, you know how picky I am. I don't want to show this to anybody that I don't think could, you know, determine what is abolitionist and what isn't, even though I know you guys are totally dorky like me on that issue. (laughs) Um, But still, I just am, you know, I wouldn't be me if I just showed this to be, you know, people who didn't know better. So, Well, and then we got to provide feedback too, which was nice. Yeah, we got to send feedback about it to them, which was pretty cool. So anyway, totally recommend it. I also would recommend it. Yeah. So that, that's that. Hope you guys go check it out. Ella, you've seen the first one. I did, yes. What did you think? I, I really liked it. I stopped eating meat immediately afterwards. That was my first foray wow. into this world. Yes. Wow. All right. Who told you to watch it? Uh, it was some event at the U of M okay. know, five years ago or so. Yeah. I think it was longer than five years ago, but because I helped do that. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, i trying to think. No. I, I'm betting it was years, a long time ago. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, well. Look, you made Elliot go vegetarian. <laughs> you didn't even know it. I didn't even know it. Yes, yeah. thank you, Dallas. Yeah, thank you. This one is this one is really good. Hope you guys check it out. You should watch it, Elliot. I will. Um, okay. It's time for the green challenge. Green challenge. Green challenge. There's no gloves. There's no swords. No white suits. Uh-uh. It's just green challenge. You're just doing the earth a solid. Green challenge, green challenge. You ready? Are you going to sing all of them? <laughs> no. I don't know what this is. You know I never know what the green challenge is. I know. It's your baby. I know. What are you? What crazy thing are you going to have me do this time? I don't know if you're going to like this. <gasps> we'll see. Are you going to tell me not to have scotch and no. or jelly beans? No. And or hot tamales? You can have all of those things. Okay. All I'm going to ask you to do. about the things that I can't do. My um, green challenge is for people who drive automobiles to follow the speed limit because I it, would be late to work every day, but it takes more gas to gun it. I don't gun it. I do a lot of highway driving, Dallas. I know, but following the speed limit is a very good thing. The whole, you know, most cars are designed to be most efficient at that 55, 60 miles per hour range. Well, I stay in there, sort of. 
Yeah. If you have cruise control, maybe think about using that. I used to be a speed demon. I honestly did. Does beep even go over 55? (laughs) Beep goes up to 90. Well, beep is my car. My little smart car. Elliot, is your car still running? Uh, Yes. Got me here today. (laughs) Barely. Don't you never change your oil or something? Uh, Rarely. Have you yet since the last episode that we talked about it? Yeah, I think I did at one point. Okay, good. I go like 5,000 miles, then I'll change the oil. That's nothing. Yeah. Anyway, we all know that gas is something that makes us feel terrible every time we pump it. And it's going up again. The gas price has been up for a while, and it's going to continue to go up. I feel like a piece of shit every time I put gas in my car. So if you have have any kind of guilty conscience about putting petroleum into your vehicle, follow the speed limit, because then you are using it the most efficient way possible, apparently. So that is my recommendation. I know a lot of you are not going to want to hear it. And honestly, so I've been doing this for quite a while. I like not having to have the stress and anxiety of worrying about whether or not I'm going to get pulled over for a speeding ticket. I'm not going to get pulled over for a speeding ticket. Do you have a little beeper in your car that tells you when police are close? No, I just, no. I don't know. I just have that thing, like, because I'm psychic, Dallas, I just know, like, when it's going to happen. Oh. And I don't know. It's like, it's an energy thing. I just don't get pulled over. I'm sorry. I don't. I'm sorry. You can be as mad as you want, but I just, I don't get pulled over. I'm not mad at you for that. Not you. That was for the our radio friends. Oh, okay. I don't. I just have a weird energy thing with cops. Huh. On the side of the road. Someone was trying to argue with me recently that that was entrapment. And I said, nobody made you speed, so how's that entrapment? Because wouldn't entrapment be they're forcing you to do something? Yes. Or trying to coerce you into something? Uh, yeah, that is... But you know, like, people complain about that all the time. Oh, they were sitting there and they had their lights off and da 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 they're just, yeah, no, that's, that's their not job. Entrapment. No, it's not. Entrapment's forcing you to do something, idiot. Oh my god. Really yeah, you may as well say that every police officer standing around at the bank is gonna entrap people who hold up tellers. Oh, careful about your analogies. We're gonna get some angry emails. <laughs> now, I'd rather people didn't try to rob banks with guns. Oh, boy. I'd rather there were a police presence. Hey, why don't we just have police everywhere? Police are definitely the way to solve every problem. Wow. Wow, wow. That's another issue. I'm feisty. You are. I love you. <laughs> okay. Um, it's time for shout-outs. Shout-out! Shout-out! We have so many of them, partly because it's been a month since we've recorded, and we're so sorry, but we had a great summer. <laughs> and so if you sent us a shout-out... Don't worry, we will get to it at some point if we don't get to it on this right. episode. Just know that we absolutely will get to your shout-out if you don't hear it this time. It's not that we've forgotten about it, it's just that we have so many. We need to spread them out. So, the first one we're doing, we have an audio shout-out. I don't know how she managed to do this, but it's I imagine similarly to how we record awesome. this. Well, maybe people, she should do a podcast. People record Okay. And then put it online. Okay, so we're going to play this for you, and it's awesome. Hey, it's Zoe. Um, I'm kind of your your uh, groupie slash st- stalker. <laughs> um, I'm really hoping you'll, you'll play this on the show, because uh, that would be really kick-ass. Um, and I wanted to share a story with you guys. I uh, 
I live in, in Chatech, Wisconsin. I don't know if you guys know where that is, but it is nowhere. It's the middle of nowhere. Um, most of the people I know have raised cattle at some point, or they hunt, or they fish. Um, I don't. I don't really know too many other vegans. So in my in my loneliness, I went on Craigslist to try to find another vegan friend in the area, and uh, I had somebody contact me. But uh, all they wanted to do was argue about why veganism was the wrong way to do, uh, the, wrong, the wrong thing to do. And uh, so I, I don't remember how this came about, but uh, I, I told him that, uh, that animals were sentient and that they felt pain and, and that choosing to uh, slaughter uh, any species, any animal species, was akin to, say, for example, um, choosing to slaughter Jews or, or some other group of people. And uh, his response to me was that he would be okay with that, and that um, a lot of a lot of uh, medical advancements had come out of the Holocaust, and that was that was his justification for that. And you can imagine that I just about lost all hope for humanity because, you know, there's a lot of people who don't give animals uh, moral just or moral weight. But when you don't have respect for your fellow human being, I, I just feel like we're, we're going downhill. We're, we're going downhill rather than uphill where we should be. Um... So I, I started listening to your show again. I hadn't for a while, and now I'm listening to it at work. And um, I think I'm on episode 29. I'm way behind. And uh, I just I started listening, and I just about started crying because I needed, I needed that. I needed to hear like-minded people again. So thank you, guys. And I also want to say, um, just, I know this is not what this show is for, but um, if you are a listener who is within about an hour of uh, driving distance from Chatek, Wisconsin, you should probably look me up, uh, Zoe Kane, Z-O-E-K-A-N-E, because I need some more vegan friends. Uh, thanks. Thanks for the show, you guys. Goodbye. So that was cool. That was so awesome. So that we love really, you. We oh love my you god. So hard. Yeah. Seriously. Thank you for sending that. That was awesome. And please um, find her, people. Yeah, she's she, lonely. I googled that town, and it is in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> um, but I'm, the, I, I'm glad we can help. Yay. Well, we haven't helped yet. No, she said we had helped. That. It was oh, that's important. right. Yeah. Yeah, she I helped, thought. Yeah. You mentioned the finding of friends. Yeah, no, I I don't can't promise anything there, but I I can Would promise. Would Facebook it. friends help? I don't know. I don't. I'm not sure. Okay. Well, okay. So we can also, I do this one? Yes, but first, I think we also need to shout out to <laughs> the newest addition to our team. Some of you may have noticed an increased Facebook presence and Twitter. 
And Twitter presence. I haven't noticed that because I'm not on the Twitter. I've ever. been noticing that people are following us more. Yes. We've which is nice. Of, so that yes. must mean that something is happening that's good over there, which I attribute to Whitney. Whitney is the newest member of our team out of St. Louis, Mo. And that's short for Missouri. <laughs> Whitney is incredible and fantastic. Whitney. Whit- I think that means incredible in French. I call her a couple different things. Sometimes like witty witty bang bang. Content like guru, I think, Content is the official is title. title. And so she's helping us out by finding stuff to keep us all engaged. Yeah. And special awesomeness. She went vegan from Midwest Vegan Radio. Yes. That as well. You might have heard her shout out a couple episodes ago. Yeah. So that makes me happy. That makes me happy too. It's pretty awesome. We love you, Whitney. Yeah, I'm so glad you're here. Okay. Not actually here, because you're not here. Well, you know. We're glad you exist. The royal here? You're like the royal we? (laughs) Yeah. We're glad you exist within our show. Yeah. Okay. Are we ready? I'm ready for you to do other things. I get to do one now? You get to do one. I get to talk about turtles? So Daniel Carney has a shout out for Bill and Debbie Tool. Um, They are friends to reptiles. And I would love to go visit their backyard because they have a sanctuary for 16 injured turtles in their backyard. These turtles have been saved over the years after being hit by cars, many with missing limbs. Can you imagine little three-legged turtles or like turtles with bandages on them just kind of gimping around in a yard eating (laughs) cantaloupe and stuff? Oh my God. I love turtles. I do too. They are so freaking adorable. I like chameleons better though, with their little feet and their the oh little my god, dance that they do. Turtles are adorable. So just remember again, please help turtles if you see them on the road. If they are going across the road, stop, stop, risk your life. I don't care. Get out there, pick them up gently on the sides, carry them in the direction they were going, set them down. That is from Met Ellerbeck. Yes, who told us about that. Um, the guy who helps all cold-blooded animals, and we'll talk to him about other things, too. But He's got more stuff coming up. Yeah, I mean, this guy is, he's unstoppable for the cold-blooded ones. If you pick up a turtle, I do recommend you kind of hold them at arm's reach because they have a tendency to shit out the back, and it will get on your shoes or maybe your knees. Also, wash your hands, salmonella. Salmonella. Isn't that what you got? I don't know. I think it's probably a good idea to wash your hands. I mean, you can get illnesses from... Oh, my God, but they're so cute. Reptiles. Oh, they're so cute. They are super cute. I love turtles. But just because they're cute doesn't mean they want you to hold them unless they're crossing the road and you're helping them. No. I know. Okay, I want to shout out to Aaron Red, although I don't know if that's Aaron's name, but just Aaron Red on Twitter. I'm just shouting out to Aaron Red. That's all. Okay. You know who you are. Okay. Do we have another one? We have so many more. We've got one from Stanley (laughs) with the vegan option. (laughs) They're a podcast out of London. I know, I know your name isn't really Stanley. It's Ian, but... Apparently you don't know our names. Yeah. Ian, next time you write for a shout out, you might want to use our names correctly. (laughs) Instead of writing to random guests that we've had. Yeah. Uh, Ian asked Al to shout out, and Al is not here because he is not a guest today. 
And Whitney and Megan and Snoreen. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, they did a special show about the Olympics in London. And they did their podcast out of London. So the vegan option. Go check them out. Olympics. Are they yeah. over yet? Yes. I'm sure they'll be done by the time this airs. But... Elliot, are the Olympics done? I have no idea. Apparently. Neither do any of us, I guess. There was a woman who did an amazing job with jujitsu. Like the first woman to do something, something with jujitsu. I don't know. It was supposed to be a big deal. People were talking about it at my school. You go to school? My martial arts school. Oh. That is another one of the, my eating disorder things. I don't like saying the word gym. So okay. I go to a gym. Yes. You but don't I don't like talking about going to a gym because I think that that's... That it's was, not a gym. What is it? It's a martial arts studio. Oh, my studio. My dojo. Yeah. yeah, no, they don't call it a dojo. That's so lame. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. It's like a, it, it would be a pretty low-class dojo. Okay. Well, are you ready for me to move on to the next one? Yes. I have one from Holly Ann. I don't know how to say her last name. I don't like getting these wrong. Oberly? That yeah. would be my guess. Okay. I know Holly I spoke is... into the wrong microphone. I'm sorry, Elliot. He's That's looking okay. at me like, "What are you? Where are you going?" We'll live. Holly, I think, <laughs> is from Berlin, or at least in that area, the area of Berlin, based on her email. All right, let's go. Holly says, "I've been enjoying your podcast and using it as an inspiration to finally take the leap and give up vegetarianism for veganism." Woo! Since becoming a vegetarian six years ago, I have had mixed feelings about fake meat, quote unquote fake meat. I often use tofu in place of meat, like in burritos, for example. One time I went to an all-vegan restaurant, and most of the dishes were traditional and popular meat dishes only with the meat replaced with seitan, and something about that didn't sit right with me. Furthermore, living here in Germany, I haven't found a lot of meat replacement products other than traditional tofu and the occasional tofu sausage. I didn't give up meat because I didn't like the taste. I really actually like the taste of meat, as sad as that might sound. I gave up meat because of the environment and morality issues, so, to some extent, it would be nice to find a replacement that really does taste and feel like meat. However, on the other hand, I feel sort of like I'm not being 100% committed or authentically vegetarian if I'm always looking for something to replace meat, because I know that, in fact, you don't really need to replace it. One can survive quite easily without animal products. And then um, she came across an article for a product that we haven't reviewed yet, so we will not yet talk about it, but she closes with, thanks again for your podcast. I commute a lot, and your podcast makes my travels always go by smoothly. Awesome. I don't know. Holly, have you tried Gardein? Because Do they have that in Germany? I don't know if they have it in Germany. I don't know. But seriously, it is so much like meat. I don't. Mm -hmm. I cannot handle the Gardein chicken. And maybe we need to do a podcast about this yeah, issue. The, yeah. Really, do not feel bad for liking the taste of meat. I We wrote back to what? Holly, and I told her all about that. That was the same thing for yeah. me. I st meat tastes freaking awesome. Seriously, the texture, but uh, it just you know, I not gonna do, do it. not hold back on telling people what they should feel bad about. No, you don't. There are lots of things people should feel bad about. Liking the taste of meat is not one of them. No, nope. you should feel bad about eating meat. Do not worry about liking the taste of it. That is fine. Just yeah. find something that tastes like it that no one was killed for. Because you have to imagine too. Like I mean, I'm old, but and you're probably not. But you've got probably at least, if you're in college, which I suspect you are, 20-some years under your belt that you've been eating a certain way. And yeah. 
so it's hard to yeah undo a taste for something whether or not you do the right thing and actually stop eating it yeah if something, you, but just because you, you like mock meat or whatever you know that doesn't make you not committed yeah you are committed what makes you not committed is not being committed what also makes you committed is that you're open to talking about your feelings about things yeah that's awesome yes so awesome good for you Thank you for yeah. the hint about the new thing. We will try to find it and see if we can talk about it. Okay. Leslie from France. Francais. I probably didn't say that right. Can you do that? Francais. Francais. Um, well, she's just from France. Yeah. Uh, Leslie has asked for a shout out, a special one for her grandma who passed away. Um, it was two weeks ago from our recording date, so it'll probably be, what, like three weeks, maybe, mm -hmm. by the time this goes live. But um, she always supported Leslie in being vegan, which I have to say is remarkable because a lot of grandparents have no clue. And they are not, you know, they just get, I don't know, guilt-trippy about it or something. Or overly anxious about nutrition and things. So the fact that uh, her grandma was supportive, I think, is pretty incredible. And that's not me being ageist. It's just an observation. Ageist. About, you ageist. Yeah. I I mean, just because many, many grandparents tend to, I mean, they were just raised in a time when people thought that you needed, you know, there, there was different nutrition information back then, which mm -hmm. was inaccurate. So, oh, sure. Yeah. Shout out to Leslie's grandma. That's amazing. How do you say grandma in French? Oh, grandmère? That was your pop quiz. I don't know if you passed. I don't know if I passed either. Okay. It's been a while. I don't speak to my grandma in French. And my French isn't all that good to begin with. So the very last one is from Jim Milner. I hope that's right. From Doylestown, PA. Dallas, where's PA? That's Pennsylvania. Thanks. So he said, hey, Dallas and Ryan, or Ryan and Dallas, don't want to show favoritism. Thanks, Jim. So maybe we should just go alphabetical. Hey, Dallas and Ryan. Just a quick note to say thanks. Thanks for a great podcast. I've not been a vegan nearly as long as you guys. I just celebrated my vegan anniversary. Anniversary. Vegan anniversary. Woo! On June first. So by the time this comes out, he's going to be a vegan like ten years. <laughs> I have to give most of the credit to becoming a vegan to my cat Bud. For some reason, all of a sudden, it clicked for me as I was petting my cat one day. I looked into his eyes and thought to myself, how could I ever eat another being? All beings that I would choose to eat or take advantage of by using products involuntarily made from them are just like my butt, except in different costumes, like a cow or a chicken costume. The being is the same, just the appearance is different. Anyway, it clicked and from there on, has been no temptation and no turning back. I had finally gone through my life saying, I love animals, now I'm finally proving it. My cat Bud passed away last year at 19, and he will be forever missed. But he did not leave before giving the world another vegan. Oh, that is so sweet. You guys are a great support to the vegan community, of which I feel proud to now be part of. Thanks. And he closes by talking about a drinking game. He says, a great drinking game for the listeners of Midwest Vegan Radio would be to have a drink every time Dallas says, I don't know. Because I don't. And record. I'm thinking about it. For I'm going to start playing right now. Elliot, go. Me and you, Elliot. Let's okay. Huh. Dallas, do you know? I don't know. I'm not falling for this. It has to be genuine. Okay, fine. For the record, I think you both know everything, so there's never a need to say that. 
And Dallas proves this by always showing that she does, in fact, know whatever it was she said she didn't know. <laughs> you guys are a great duo, both naturals, and I absolutely love the podcast. I'm looking forward to the day that you have to rhyme with the number 5 million in the opening of your show. Oh my god, we will be dead but long before that happens. You never know. Because we've only got... Never say die. Well, we'd have to live a really long time considering we had about 30 in a year. I know. <laughs> but you never know. I mean, maybe we'll be doing triple in a day. We could, stre- you know, we could... Three podcasts a day? Nobody yeah. wants to listen to us that much, I assure you. Oh, Elliot, yeah. do you want to listen to us that much? Yes. Oh, Elliot. You Never. just want more booze. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Can we be done? <laughs> yeah, do we have our sea legs? I think so. Okay. Yeah, I feel like this is good. This is good. By the next episode. We got our mojo back. We got it. We're in it. We got it. We're we in it, it to win it. We're good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Till next time. Till next time. Till adios time. No, what? Till next. Aren't you going to say goodbye? You say goodbye. Bye. 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 That's how we do it.